Hey everybody, it's your boy Nando from the Half K NXT podcast. So before today's episode, I just wanted to give a quick update on the podcast overall, considering the world situation that we're all dealing with. So of course, safety and health is our number one priority as well. With that, we kind of wanted to take a brief hold on the weekly podcast. We've already recorded up to our mid-season episode. Those episodes will continue to come out in the weeks to come. But after that, we were going to put the show on pause for the moment until we kind of figure out the next steps moving forward. With that, we also wanted to provide some short bonus episodes in the meantime on our YouTube channel. And those will be just slight reviews or highlights on NXT takeovers or any other NXT content that we don't regularly cover on the weekly podcast. So please subscribe to that. I'll make sure to add the link in the description below. And we would really appreciate your help by uh, giving us a subscription on YouTube. And with that, thank you so much. We are also quickly approaching our year anniversary, and we're very excited about that and can't thank everyone enough for supporting us throughout this time and just listening to the podcast and, you know, just giving us nothing but love. And we just want to give some love back as well. So thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Take care. However, if this is about wrestling and entertainment, I got all of these girls up here beat. I know it, the WWE Universe knows it, and they know it too. And another thing I'd like to address, Caitlyn on our confessional last week decided to make fun and try and diss me and talk bad about me. Well, we all know the only reason you won the challenge is because I messed up, not because you were the best at it. If you would have went any slower, Vicky would have had a better time than you. You are way too cocky and way too arrogant for reasons I don't understand. So the next time you got something to say about Naomi, don't say it on a confessional. Say it to my face. We're back on NXT, and Josh, I cannot wait for the day that NXT Season 3 is going to be available on Classics On Demand. I'm going to go back and watch it all the time. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT, your boy Primo Nando and Larry Larry, aka. What was I was like Puff Bagwell last time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we still got Puff out here, man. Effort. <laughs> I I don't mind as long as I can say uh, Puff Puff Ziggler or what, what did I say? Oh. Uh, I forget what it was. <laughs> we got to get a better one now. Oh, Zigglypuff. Ziggly. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Zigglypuff and Puff Bagwell, man. Oh, man. I I think we... I think some people have already done that, where they've done wrestlers as different types of Pokemon. So oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I need to look up some good ones there. <laughs> oh, man. Bruh, have you started watching the um, Ruthless Aggression stuff? I've seen the first episode... Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen the first one, and I wasn't that thrilled because it was pretty much just a recap of the first half, anyway. It was a recap of the Monday Night Wars, so I need to watch 
the second one to really get more into it. You know what I mean? It was like, it was actually really good for me to see what they're kind of using as like the time years or whatever. Yeah. So now I'm like, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Then I'm like, wow, dude, this like, it's like right after, like, I don't know. In my mind, it was like 2005. Mm. But I guess it just happened a lot earlier. Because in my, like, in my mind of minds, I really thought that that whole time period was like 2005 to 2010. Mm, no, so like, yeah, I know because I know between like 05 and 09, I really wasn't watching too much WWE stuff. So I totally kind of, I had a time jump. Yeah. So, but in reality, I watched all of the Ruthless Aggression stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there remembering like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. Ooh, this is going to be so good when they uh, like go through the whole thing. Yeah. No, it's definitely a lot longer than I think people remember because it's from yeah two thousand two ish yeah up until now with with the stuff that we're covering around two thousand eight two thousand nine because at that point technically the next era is the PG era and so it's it's kind of crazy how it went from two thousand two to around if you really want to count it from like two thousand eight nine or even two thousand ten it, it was around that range where. That's where it gets blurry, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like how nobody really knows when the Attitude Era kind of end. But I guess it's like the official end is when they bought them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was like there's that gray area between like the the Monday Night Wars or the Attitude Era. And yeah. then when they officially started Ruthless Aggression, it was probably about like like a year or something like that. Yeah. So I think those kind of transi- transitions between when they're doing the last thing and going in a new thing is like that's where it kind of floats. So like PG to me is probably like 2009. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's right. But it's still like a question mark. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause yeah, to me, I did kind of put that timestamp kind of like the, the special did where once they kind of did the invasion storyline or when they finished the invasion storyline at survivor series, that's when I kind of officially say that the attitude era finished. You know, because mm-hmm. that, that was that whole arc between WCW and WWE mm-hmm. in, in both storyline wise and non storyline wise. You know, I think I mean? sometimes it's easiest to try to follow the title belt design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did we get the like that undisputed one? Around 2002. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. when did we get the, I guess, so what the, ooh, actually, no, because then Ruthless Aggression bleeds into the spinner. Mm hmm. Cause it that took over as the main design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, mm, I think that's it, what makes it confusing. Yeah, I think it's pretty much whenever they officially went to TV PG is where I would call it the PG. Yeah, era. yeah and that, yeah. that's for sure when they still had the spinner. That's mm-hmm. when the spinner stopped spinning. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like when they just was, oh, you know what? This is the belt right now. Make it stop spinning. Yeah, because it kind of happened around the same time when. WWE finally made the jump over to uh, HD TV mm. and the PG era happened around that same time. So whatever time period that was, mm. that's when officially the, I, w- I would think the ruthless aggression era kind of ended mm. at that point. Yeah. You know what? You know when that probably was? There might be a link between that, the Raw Super Show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I feel like once Raw kind of became three hours, then it was extra PG. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, that I think that happened 
maybe in 2012 with the whole three hour raw. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so probably for sure. I think 2009 for sure. Yeah. That's when they probably had like the first one. Like, oh, look. Oh, yeah. 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 That's when they started doing more of the one off of three hours. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they started getting the idea of, hey, let's make this a regular thing. <laughs> yeah. That's because that, uh, that original brand split from like, or the big ruthless aggression brand split was like, it lasted a while, didn't it? Like, mm-hmm. it lasted some years. Yeah. Until they like kind of merged them back together and they mm-hmm. had to like, oh, because then they had unification. They only had one title. Yeah. Aha. All yeah. right. We are roughly in the PG era, probably a year or two in into the PG era. Yeah, right. Because, uh, yeah, because, you know, that we didn't already have the, um, John Cena and his Avengers mm-hmm. beat up the Nexus threat. So, yep, we're for sure in there. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, shifting back into the the year of 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode is uh, very interesting. If you listen to the previous episode, we had mentioned that this is actually the first episode that doesn't have any wrestling matches at all. But this is also... Weirdly enough, a very historic episode, and I'll mention it halfway through the episode, and yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll definitely like, let you know why. But uh, yeah, let's get started. So this is episode 32, and this comes from September 28th, 2010, and I believe this is also the first taped episode because website articles that I looked this up, it's from uh, the same arena in uh in illinois Mm. so i think this is i think what they had done is that they just did a double taping last week that's right because we had that uh we had that bluffington joke Mm -hmm. yeah 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 (laughs) so i think they uh (laughs) this is the first time that they have so this episode is extra kind of uh special because it's also the first taped episode that they just kind of replayed and uh yeah it's also the first one that doesn't have any wrestling so it's kind of a unique situation and i'll mention the extra fun fact in the middle of the episode (laughs) cool so we start off with the uh recap from last week which is i guess technically earlier that evening (laughs) where it's uh, a recap of the musical chairs challenge that aj had won and the talk to talk challenge that AJ also won. So now she's tied, I believe, Naomi with two challenges, two challenge victories at this point. And it's kind of funny. I kind of gave production uh, another point here with the uh, the graphics, because when they recap the talk to talk challenge, they kind of showed all the topics for each of the uh, diva rookies. But they kind of like put unique graphics to mm-hmm. them. So I, I gave them a little bonus there that they didn't really have to do that hey you know what the production like they had to be on point since they didn't have any matches to hide behind yeah 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 and you know what now it makes all sense because when i was watching i was like man why does the crowd seem extra bored yeah yeah they've yeah. been there extra long yeah i'm pretty sure at this point they actually had to do roughly an hour of taping after smackdown because when they've usually done this i think you've kind of seen it before when we've done the, the house shows or not house shows but uh raw or smackdowns when they tape like sunday night heat or oh blood i got the perfect example yeah we went to one of those um, oh right right (laughs) man we went to one of those uh christmas new year's tapings Mm -hmm. in sacramento but we didn't know it so like yeah (laughs) we were like sitting there just like don't get too uh they're like don't get too excited everyone we still got another show to tape you're just like whoa yeah 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 or they tell you kind of in the beginning it's like 
you're in for a special treat. We're doing two. And you're like, what? That's yeah. yeah. Treat. So it's like, it's interesting because then you're like, well, you're going to see the same people in front of the show. Yeah. But they do this thing where they like, you know, like when you see all those weird dudes and they're just walking around in suits and stuff, mm-hmm. those dudes come by and like, tell, and they grab some people for, that were kind of, um, They'll grab a like a group of people and then swap areas yeah. to make the crowd look a little different because like it's all right to have like the absolute front row people because that kind of make it seem like they buy those tickets all the time and they usually do yeah but like um yeah so it was just like a crowd swap and it's like we were sitting there and then we saw the people who were in front of us they were like we're gonna go up there we're just gonna do it yeah y'all want to come and then like Jamie looked at me was like you want to do it and I was like I guess we're doing it yeah and then, like we just ran down there with them and we was in like. We was like twenty rows down. Oh, we was like wow. twenty, like twenty rows lower than where we were for like fifteen minutes until the dudes came back. Say, like, hey, man, I got to go back. We was like, ah, oh, damn it. Uh. <laughs> but it was it was pretty cool, and it's so weird because you're like, you know, we got to pretend that it's not really right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know it's not. Y'all know it's not. Hmm. Yeah, I was also looking out for something once the show started to indicate what city they were in. And I realized that they stopped doing those graphics because I wanted to confirm if they were taping the same day. But once the pyro had happened and they and they showed Striker, they didn't show the graphic of what city they were mm. in. So that's a clear indication of when you're doing a tape show at that point. Mm. See, they slick like that. Though. Mm-hmm. So like, especially when they jump right into the show and they don't do anything, they just kind of like either cut straight to somebody in the ring or you like you go straight to like a promo. It's like, oh, you don't even care what they were supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, those are the secrets behind the trade, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, this episode wasn't too packed as uh, we come along here. Where, as I mentioned, uh, oh, what was kind of funny is as soon as the pyro had happened and we get Josh and uh, Cole on commentary, Josh was saying that oh, uh, he was complaining that punk wasn't sitting next to him and that michael cole was back because at the end of the last week's episode punk had actually said like oh no don't worry i'll be back and that's right he he definitely was not there (laughs) so yeah striker introduces all the rookies to the stage reminds the wwe universe that starting tomorrow they will be able to start voting for the first elimination and they are actually going to do the next diva challenge which is the uh wheelbarrow challenge so the rules for this one is that each diva will race around with with a wheelbarrow around the ring and the fastest the fastest time wins. And then a reminder that the rookie that has the most competition victories will actually get immunity from next week's elimination. So we have Maxine and she goes up first, but before she starts, Stryker kind of interrupts her and says, like, well, it wouldn't be much of a challenge if uh, if she's just running around with an empty wheelbarrow. So how can we make this a little bit bigger and heavier? And he, he, he kind of even makes sort of Michael Cole at this point. And he's like, well, something big and heavy that isn't Michael Cole's ego. And then uh, Michael Cole is like, oh, that, that's cute. <laughs> I, I just love how they're still just playing off of each other in, in that sense. He's so like he's so through too. like uh, i don't really don't want to be here he's playing that really good yeah yeah so he's definitely continuing that michael cole i hate this show and i hate being here but he's definitely not at volume 10 this week i think mm-hmm. he, he kind of scaled down a little bit to maybe like an eight or a seven when it came to really bashing the show as much it's funny because he's so like announcery but he has this such specific 
tones. It's like when he's heel Michael Cole, you hear all heel Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. When he's Michael Cole, Michael Cole calling action, like it don't matter how heel Michael Cole he is. Yeah. When something peaks him in like commentary mode, he goes straight into commentary mode and then he'll go right back to like being a heel. But like the, the, the two almost like his modes of speech don't never collide. You're just like, exactly, wow. It's yeah, like yeah. you didn't deliver that, like that announcement and commentary with heel intentions. It was like commentator. And then when he's like, heel, heel, he's just like, ugh, so annoyed at everything. But then he'll like pop for the exact same thing as a commentator. You're like, yeah. It's, it's interesting. A lot of people had mentioned that they, their favorite Michael Cole has been when he called the, uh, nxt uk tournament the to crown the the first nxt uk champion mm. and they had said that they really loved them there because he was just being a real uh commentator at that he point he couldn't do the yeah he couldn't choose a side yeah he had yeah. to just be a commentator right there like an analyst basically so yeah so just take it for what he saw yeah so i i went back and listened to it and i was like yeah he's he's actually legit really good when he's not having to plug raw or any sponsor like oh no, yeah that's yeah, a good point that's yeah, yeah. a really good point you like you almost have to like you don't it's the same thing with like an indie wrestler mm-hmm. it's like when you've seen him in the feds and you're just like and then i guess it'll be somebody like say if you're bragging about him so long and they finally got to dodo e then people are like that's a big deal what's a big deal <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like ah oh, but you didn't see him doing what got them there so like with michael cole we didn't see him do what mm-hmm. got him there or we forgot what got him exactly to the dance. Yeah, yeah and it's like oh yeah, yeah you're actually a really good commentator i'm sorry yeah <laughs> exactly so then uh since striker had said that you know it would be no fun if she had to uh go around with an empty wheelbarrow he uh calls out hornswago and he comes down to the ring and he uh yeah he pretty much just jumps into the wheelbarrow so Stryker actually added an additional rule saying that if Hornswoggle actually falls out of the barrel, then the rookie is automatically, uh, you know, they automatically fail that challenge. Mm-hmm. Hornswoggle's just job security right there, folks. That is a man who was needed for a particular trait that he had. And mm-hmm. there was job security until they didn't need him. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he was there for probably close to. 10 years at a point because i think it was the same thing where he was there for maybe around 2006 up mm-hmm. until 2012 or 13 and then just made sporadic appearances that after must that. be crazy for like those type of people who like who are there between the eras mm-hmm. i mean there are those people who are there for all of them yeah and it's like oh, okay well you know you're who you are you have your specific look on this but to be like that mid carter mid to under carter person that survives like the cuts and then you make it from one era to the next and you're just like hmm well, let's see how this is gonna play out yeah, i guess or, yeah man i'm still here let's go yeah so like hornswoggle made it between eras right he was a ruthless aggression mm-hmm. nerd P- pg and yeah yeah at that point when uh maxine is rolling hornswoggle around it was funny where josh was saying that oh man the things that happen on this show <laughs> i just i don't know why the way he had said it i just started dying laughing because uh even uh later on when i think caitlin was doing her round i think michael cole was making fun of him saying like you can't you can't be taking this too seriously you're caught co- you're you're analyzing you a, 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 a wheelbarrow <laughs> contest. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It, I, I, I like, I popped for that. I was like, Oh dang. 
I'm doing the same thing. Man. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I hella went back into my own reality. I was like, hmm, he makes a really good point. There. <laughs> that hurt my feelings for a minute. I was like, oh, I'm analyzing the world. Kind of <laughs> so, yeah, Maxine finishes at 14.7. And afterwards, she kind of just chugs Hornswoggle when she crosses the finish line where he falls out. And she doesn't really have any remorse for doing that. But then uh, Swoggle, because she's violent, <laughs> she's violent. But then Swoggle does the most, like, well, I'll get fired if I do that. This, if I do that nowadays, where uh, he just goes up there and bites Maxine's ass. Oh, that's ass. right, he bites her right on the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that too. I remember watching this episode. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, so it's definitely one of those things where uh, he would definitely get fired nowadays for for doing that. Man. <laughs> So up next, we have Naomi, and she finishes at 15.2 seconds. So I think where uh, I think you were right where on last week's challenge, I you had pointed out where sometimes they stop the they stop the clock when when the when the object cr- finish crosses the finish line or like when the person gets. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that they definitely did that with Naomi here where like it looked like she had finished earlier, but then they only counted it once her full body went over the finish yeah, man, line. It's like, you know, we need to make this more fair somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So up next, we have Jamie and she actually has a really good pace and sets a new record at 14.4 <laughs> during this whole thing. Cole was like, well. This show is is a really good cure for insomnia. <laughs> I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Then yeah, Caitlin is next, and uh, yeah, she she kind of plows through this one. And but actually, yeah, Caitlin sets. Yeah, man, he said it right when I was thinking to myself, man, she did a really good job. She and did a good job. Like, You're over here analyzing a wheelbarrow contest, and I was like, oh. yeah, but she did a good job of of literally hitting the corners at the right angle. Oh yeah, she crushed it. Come on. This is such a bad television. On your mark, get set, go. You know, Caitlin did win the obstacle course, so she should have an advantage here. Why would that be, Mr. Listen, I just tried in a wheelbarrow race. For the love of God, it is a wheelbarrow race. I was right. You all right? She won. It's over. 12 seconds. Everybody's okay, and we have a new leader, Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she set a new time at 12 seconds even. Then we have AJ, and unfortunately, she sets the lowest pace at 17.7 seconds. She feels that uh, Daniel Bryan... Oh, right. Low-key, or not low-key, but... Yeah, Caval. Uh, Caval, yeah, yeah, yeah. that void of always being the smallest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caval so far has been the smartest one where he didn't even bother competing just to save... Oh, his, yeah, because he did things to save his body. Yeah, so... He's still the smartest because he won. <laughs> Work smart, not hard, baby. Yeah. Hornswoggle goes into his uh, sexual harassment lawsuit part two here where AJ gives him a hug afterwards, but he doesn't let go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's... Uh, so 2010. Yeah. <laughs> Very 2010. <laughs> and then we have Oksana, and she finishes at 13.9 seconds, and... Uh, yeah, at that point, then Caitlin actually picks up the victory and now ties uh, Naomi with two victories. Mm. Oh, actually, with Naomi and AJ, because they all three of them have two victories at this point. That's crazy, man. It's like they have played that many games to have that I know. many each. You're like, whoa. Yeah, it, it's already or, uh, challenges. Yeah, four four episodes in and there's so many points already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we... Uh, 
we come we go to commercial break and when we come back we have uh aj actually i should say after we come back from commercial break then cole delivers another line that uh i thought was very interesting and i'll play the clip here where he mentions like i can't wait for uh wwe season three to be on classics on demand one day so i can rewatch this and i was like wow if only he knew that four years later the <laughs> wwe network would actually be a thing so i thought that was pretty interesting and now it spawned a podcast yes <laughs> pretty much now we're reliving that comment <laughs> uh so yeah afterwards then we get aj lee's introduction video package and it was uh it was pretty cool and i thought the highlight of that uh reel was that they showed a clip of her or she had mentioned that she and her dad had waited in line for uh, WrestleMania tickets mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden, and they waited for about eight hours. And they actually show a clip of her in the line, like a brief, like half second clip of her. So I thought that was pretty cool that she's actually like a diehard wrestling fan. They got all this stuff on like AJ though, because then was like later they had that picture of her meeting Lita. Exactly. Like, like no, they showed the video of her like meeting yeah. Lita. I'm like, how they keep catching you? doing stuff yeah yeah like how and who has the eye to remember that you know what i think especially this one like how do you remember that aj was actually in line how do you remember that you took footage of her she had to have known dude yeah like if you're that much of a diehard you know yeah you know like her and her dad like later was watching an episode of like raw or something like that yeah like showed that clip and she was like oh whoa yeah yeah so like probably when they came to it she's like dude i was in a clip and it's like what and i was in a clip when lita when i met lita yeah 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 that's true and but that's crazy to show that how much wwe actually keeps of all their footage everything everything literally everything that's like (laughs) We get to see like that little girl that go to full sale. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Little, the Bailey girl. Oh, we don't see her. We see her entire life, bro. I be looking for her in the crowd. I'm like, oh, she be there still. Oh, dude. When eventually, whenever she gets picked up and hired in the future, they're gonna have so much, so so much footage of her throughout life, her journey. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. My name is AJ, and I'm from Union City, New Jersey. I think my style is different. I'm representing all the nerds out there. I was the girl who stood home on Saturday night playing video games and was completely fine with that. (laughs) It's a different kind of diva I'm bringing here. (laughs) I've never dreamed of being anything but a diva. One of the best memories I have was waiting in line with my dad for eight hours at Madison Square Garden for tickets to WrestleMania. And we got like the worst seats ever. I could barely see anything. And I remember at the end, my dad was just like, I'm so sorry, I couldn't get you better seats. I remember just looking at him and telling him, it doesn't matter, I'm gonna be in that ring one day. Oh, and I I think I had mentioned to you before where based on this clip i had told you where it would be pretty cool one day if someone for their wrestlemania outfit would be where they scanned all their ticket stubs as they were uh when they were kids Mm -hmm. and then just to make it like an outfit of uh of their like wrestlemania outfit or something that would be dope yeah like nobody gonna think of that but that's like real dope yeah i see somebody like making generic tickets into Uh wrestling gear oh oh, man it'd be like I'm the big ticket of the event. Yeah. But yeah. like, it'll be that extra 
extra dope if somebody's like, yeah, these are actually my tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just superimpose them. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly. That'd be really dope. <laughs> After this, then we get the raw rebound. And I'll let you kind of highlight it a little bit where we have Le Champion, Chris Jericho, going up against Randy Orton on Raw. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This actually... So, like, when you watch this video package of what happens when they uh, face each other on Raw, they use bits and pieces of, like, other promos stuff that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one of the ones that they used is a very specific Chris Jericho promo on which he's talking about how <laughs> Randy Orton is going to be another, uh, basically, like, another one of his victims on everybody that he's defeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Similar in the fashion of when he started, when he did the I'm the man of a thousand and four holds. Yeah. He stands there and he names everyone he's ever beaten. Yeah. And now, like, I know some of these are people that he's never faced. Yeah. yeah. But it's extra funny because he's just saying it in just monotone, straight name, straight face. And he's just like saying everybody's name. He goes like Kevin Nash. Vinny Vegas, and it's like Oz. The Oz, Diesel, Starship Coyote, yeah, yeah. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and you're just like, wait, what? Oh my god! And he just Kane, Isaac Yankum, and then you're just like sitting there, and you're like, oh wow, he's really doing it. And I remember watching it because they went to a commercial, yeah, and they yeah, came yeah. back, and he was still making names, Jado, Jeddo, Jeddo. <laughs> Great Muda. <laughs> Great Muda. Masahiro Chono. Viano one. Viano two. Dude, I, I think we were talking before we started recording where Jericho if speaking of someone who's been through multiple eras, Jericho's definitely the rare exception of being there for Attitude Era up until now. So he, Ooh, he's definitely yeah, seen. he's got like some pure pure insight for you like him was it him taker kane kane yeah triple yeah. h yeah yeah yeah. triple h especially him running like the the development of exact stuff so it's so it must be so crazy to sit there and think about that because all of these people are actually you know we're we're past the 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 age of people who grew up seeing the uh the attitude era. exactly yeah. like the people now that he's working with some of those people were born inside of we're born because of the attitude era yeah yeah yeah. so it's like oh man that's crazy because like the kevin owens and them they're already passed bro yeah, like yeah. that was the that's that's like basically like kevin owens and them are our generation of people because they're like pretty much our age they grew up watching the same stuff that we did yeah, yeah and yeah. then became it so it's like now you got people who are like they grew up watching like CM Punk and Chris Jericho. It's crazy because we grew up watching Chris Jericho, and then but, the next level of trainee people, they're watching Chris Jericho. Exactly. And it's like you just gotta, you just gotta. When you break it down, you're like, wow. But when you were from it, you would have never thought that Chris Jericho and Triple H would have been like two of the dudes that are still standing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty crazy to see that, and yeah, they um they do a really good job of highlighting those guys, especially now in. AEW and, mm-hmm. and NXT, but yeah, it, it's crazy seeing the different generations at that point. And then uh, Randy Orton basically kills him. Oh, yeah. Because like, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> had all of this, so like, they, they use that piece of Chris Jericho. Like That promo wasn't even the main thing. The main thing is that they had a match. Uh, I, don't even, I don't remember who won. No, 
Randy Orton won. I think he RKO'd him. Mm-hmm. And then Sheamus came out. No, Sheamus broke the matchup. And then he messed it up. He attacked him. I didn't really like, realize that Randy Orton had been doing a draping DDT for the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. And then uh, he did that crazy thing where the voices start talking and he does the punt kick mm-hmm. and he punted Chris Jericho and killed him. Yes. Yeah, because this was setting up their matchup in uh, at Hell in a Cell between Orton and Sheamus. So, mm. yeah, I had forgot that this had happened. <laughs> See, like, this is that era where it was like, all you really could do was watch Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. or whatever was on TV unless you wanted to fork out that money for every pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, mm, nope, not everybody was doing that. So there's a lot of stuff that don't get captured. And those Raw rebounds and stuff mm-hmm. are crucial because you didn't actually watch it. Yeah. Afterwards, then we have uh, Caitlin's video package. But before that, Josh and Cole dropped a huge bombshell on us that... I had totally forgotten about, and that's why I was a little suspicious last week, but I just totally forgot. We've got huge news, NXT fans, for next week. There's only one way to find out which one of our rookie divas will be the first eliminated, and that's by joining us on WWE.com. That's right, Cole. We're moving. NXT will become the most interactive show that WWE has. You can join us on WWE.com starting next week. So I will now redirect you to our Google Me segment here. Google that. (laughs) Come on, man. Google me. So this is a pretty big bombshell because this is the time frame that I had forgotten that this is the sci-fi Smackdown switch. So this is when uh, Sci-Fi had also picked up SmackDown. SmackDown was previously on my network TV before uh, before moving over to Sci-Fi. And I had totally forgotten about that whole switch <laughs> smackdown got shafted for a large number of yeah, years yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they uh so yeah this happened on so the reason this happened is because the first four episodes of nxt season three aired on sci-fi and then because of the move of smackdown moving over on october 1st they had switched it over to the webcast version that remained there for a couple of years so this has actually happened because Sci-Fi wanted to resume the season one of the hit series Caprica on Sci-Fi. So they did some switching around because they also knew that SmackDown was coming over. So at that point, then they saw that there was low ratings for NXT in the first place ever since season one. So that's where they decided to kind of cancel that and move over Caprica into that time slot. And now since they were picking up SmackDown, that was also going to be moved over as well. The finale was on september 28th which was this episode and then they acquired the rights to friday night smackdown at that point oh so in that whole time frame it would be interesting where nxt would actually remain there uh on the web webcast on wwe.com and then later on move to uh, the wwe network and then nxt would actually not return to tv until seven years later when they made a one-time appearance on USA on December 13th, 2017. So I believe this is when they were just trying to test the waters to see how NXT... Remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just to test the waters to see if NXT would do well on USA. And then uh, then they, of course, made their 
their permanent return on September 18th, 2019. That's right. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, you know, seeing as we had network for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't really, really notice that you couldn't watch NXT yeah. unless you had the network. Oh. Because I had forgotten about them moving over while season three was happening. I, for some reason, thought that they had finished NXT season three and then starting with season four that they moved over to web. But I forgot that they actually just did it at the very beginning of season three. So so when did they start the full sale stuff? Like 2012? 2012, yeah. So, so the first like two years of NXT where you couldn't even watch that shit until no, the network came out, right? No, you would just have to watch it on WWE.com. Girls, who went there for that? I didn't know that shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that whole... That's why with these future episodes that we cover with season four and beyond, these are probably the least watched episodes of NXT ever. Just because you would literally have to go to WWE.com to watch them for the next two years. (laughs) Uh, It makes so much sense now because I'm like, man, I don't remember none of these upcoming seasons of NXT happen and then like when the network came out I remember you were telling me about NXT stuff I was like how am I so behind yeah when we both got the network at the same time yeah yeah so I couldn't add it up in my brain I was like something don't make no sense yeah yeah so so what's interesting about this is that this is very much at the very beginning when WWE just started appearing on youtube like with their official channel and even then they weren't playing these episodes of nxt in full the only shows i've roughly remember them playing like full episodes of were wwe superstars and that's where i had mentioned that i really like primo and tyson kidd at the time because they were heavily featured on superstars nice but uh yeah nxt themselves were only on WWE.com. And you got to remember, this is 2010 standards. So the streaming on that was very, very crappy. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So so afterwards, then we have uh, Caitlin's promo here. My name is Caitlin, and I'm from Houston, Texas. When I was really young, I was like a huge tomboy. I just loved being outdoors. I mean, I played soccer for 13 years. And then I got into doing figure and fitness competitions. And I did the Arnold Classic in 2008, and I placed top five, which was huge because I was the youngest girl there. When you're up on stage, people only see like a two-dimensional version of you. You don't get to showcase your personality. And I feel like here, I can do that. I definitely look up to Beth Phoenix. Just like so strong and just doesn't even have to say anything. Her presence, I love that about her. Having the opportunity to be the next WWE diva is such a huge honor. People look up to them and they're all all amazing, positive role models. I don't have a lot of experience. I have a lot to learn, but I feel like it's one of those things that I want so bad that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. My name is Caitlin. I am the next WWE diva. She's actually from good old Houston, Texas, which we just came back from. And she had mentioned that she was also in the Arnold Classic in 2008 and placed in top five. She uh, here during her promo, I realized that out of the six girls, I think Caitlin, AJ and Naomi probably had the most personality from Mm -hmm. from from the six uh, rookies. And she had also mentioned that she looked up to Beth Phoenix as one of her biggest influences. You see that for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So afterwards, then we go to the biggest 
time filler that I've ever seen, <laughs> where it is uh, a literal segment recap of Kane on SmackDown. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really good, though. <laughs> so I did not watch this, but if you wanted to do it like... <laughs> Just a quick recap since uh, we don't want to steer too far off. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm just going to point out some highlights. Yeah. Ball headed Kane <laughs> was a poet. Yeah. This man, the first, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? The first thing he said is that there is a new beast of the apocalypse. Oh, man. The first thing that came out of his mouth. So it's like, I don't know if this is how it was in the audience, but it, there was music in the background while he was oh, talking. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. So like I was hissing what he was saying, and then I got thrown off because I was like, there's music in the background. I don't know if this is <laughs> like, is this a long video package, or did they really just play a tune for him to give his eulogy to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they probably played the tune because it was supposed to be like the Undertaker's eulogy. So yeah, they pushed yeah. the, you know, it's gonna get real when the druids come out and yeah, they pushed yeah. the like the uh casket down. And you're like, oh my god, what are they doing? And then Paul Bearer's in it. I was like, oh man, it's going down. And they do the thing where it goes doom, crowd goes or like it goes dark. And then they, they, maybe this is probably editing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it's like they did doom again, and it was like less than a second. And Undertaker standing behind him. I'm like, wait a minute, I've been to live events, and I know they don't move that fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't. Yeah. So now I understand that this is editing, and what you saw was like they just cut out all that filler. Yeah. And then they, you know, they get down, they start fighting, and then this is like SmackDown. I know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> This is literally one third of NXT's program, just promoting this SmackDown segment. It's just like this is just a SmackDown segment, and then like after he, you know, runs him out of town or whatever, they do the Undertaker pose with the urn and like Paul Bear, and you're just like, Bleh! yeah, yeah, and then you're like, wait a minute, this was a SmackDown episode. I bet I, I think it was SmackDown X or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. ten. Ten, yeah, ten yeah. years. 10, yes, like yes. Oh, SmackDown at this point was just two thousand, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So wait, I, or 99. 99, but mm. since it was bleeding over into 2010. Yeah, 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 nobody yeah. cares about nine, the year 99. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very interesting. And, it was but amazing. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> and now it makes even more sense why they were filling up time, because this was eventually going to be the last episode on network TV for NXT. So I knew... Now it all made sense of like why they taped the episode and why they were just trying to fill up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so random for September 28th. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you're just like, okay. <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs> so after that, then we go to commercial and we have the, I guess, the main event, which is this, the Dis the Diva rookie challenge. I scored them all. Too. Uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> So just as a quick reminder, Stryker tells the audience that voting starts tomorrow. And at this point, then he gives the girls promo time to pretty much just cut a a promo on all the divas. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) you know, they all kind of struggled in their own ways. But then I go back to it and I think it's Stryker's fault. Yeah. He said, go ahead make everybody. Make everybody vote for you. Diss the other people. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. How yeah. am I gonna make them vote for me by dissing the other people? Oksana went first. Yeah, and she doesn't have the best English, but she tried, mm-hmm. and I gave her a three. I think so too. I I remember her, and I think kind of how you mentioned in previous episodes where, yeah, you can tell it's not her first language, but 
she tries she tries i can't even speak english right now she, i was like she tries really well <laughs> but uh yeah she she does really good promos for being limited and i think she has a lot of uh i guess fire when she says them is the the word i'm trying she to just, like has her own quirks but it's like whatever she's trying to say in english don't work yeah yeah, yeah. but her personality carries it over exactly so I, I gave her a three you yeah can see you can see the effort exactly that, that's the word the effort the, you, the you see the performance in her body but the words just don't necessarily like translate yeah 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 aj was next she speaks english mm-hmm. there's no problem there <laughs> yeah but i gave her a two yeah because she started from jump saying uh she wasn't gonna diss anybody oh yeah, yeah. the whole point of the competition was diss them so i gave her a two even mm-hmm. though a promo was developed uh can't speak English either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her promo was delivered very well. It just wasn't on topic with what was supposed to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Caitlyn is next. I gave Caitlyn a four mm-hmm. because she dissed. She did diss, diss them all, kind of like subtly in her own way, but she dissed them. So I gave her a four. I gave Jamie a five. Ooh. Oh, yes. Yes. Because yeah. she went out there with her extra polished self and she dissed him. Mm-hmm. And she did exactly what the thing was. So I went with that. I gave her a five. Naomi was next. I also gave her a five because she dissed her competition and she had an issue with uh, Caitlyn. She yeah, addressed yeah. it. And then Maxine, I gave her a three good because she did that maxine thing <laughs> she did that maxine thing and at the same time aj and caitlin weren't taking it seriously yeah, they were like doing a robot and trying to play patty cake but neither one of them could get in sync i was like you can't even make fun of her right yeah yeah <laughs> come on guys get it together <laughs> so afterwards then striker gets the uh wwe audience to uh vote for them or i should say the universe <laughs> yes. to vote for them and they're kind of split between aj and naomi so he has had asks them to do it again but then the second time around it seems that aj got the more uh positive response Mm -hmm. and is declared the winner so at this point aj is now in the lead with three victories so currently she is safe from uh elimination but there's still the challenges for next week so afterwards then we have uh vicky guerrero come down to ringside so I thought it was pretty funny here where Cole is praising her as she's coming down to the ring, calling her voluptuous and yes, Anna and Nicole Smith like. And yes. I don't know why that made me laugh because I'm pretty sure a ton of listeners don't even know who that is. Definitely not. But uh, <laughs> I, it it just chuckled me like when he said it because the way he had I, I said got it. a great chuckle out of that. I was yeah. like voluptuous. And yeah. he goes Anna uh, Nicole like. And I was like uh, uh, what? <laughs> but you know she was like hot at the time, so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the equivalent of like Moro Ronaldo doing all these pop culture That's references true. now, bro. Yeah, they're like, not gonna they're not gonna age well. No, nope, yeah. they're not gonna hit. You're just gonna be like, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> Both Vicky and Caitlin are very frustrated with each other, and and Caitlin actually challenges Vicky Guerrero because she says since eliminations are coming up, she's not quite sure when she'll have an another opportunity to to go up against Vicky. So she actually challenges challenges her to a match next week. But then Vicky says, like, well, I'll accept your challenge, but we don't have to wait until next week and says that she'll prove why she's the pro and she's the rookie and then slaps the ass out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like this because as they were closing the show, they show a, re, uh, a recap of that 
that incident and they do it in slow-mo and i really like maxine's reaction in the background because when they do the slow-mo part like maxine's just like like her expression yeah yeah like really sold the whole thing i think i had made a similar comment in season one when uh and when carlito had spit the apple in slater's face that uh what's his face who was in the background who sold it really well uh i forget who but someone in the background had also done a good job of of selling like that that feud when he had spit in uh because it was probably his first time being in the like like vicinity of that too it was like, yeah oh he really spit in his face yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i thought it I, oh i think it was otunga yeah <laughs> i remember praising it i was like nice. oh he sold it really well <laughs> awesome so yeah that closes out this very strange episode but uh i won't go too much into the post show facts because i think i had mentioned it where the highlight of this one is this is yeah technically the last episode of NXT on Sci-Fi, and yeah we won't get NXT on TV until seven years nine years later. So it's crazy. It's uh it's kind of a historic episode. That's absolutely crazy to know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I will uh, get right into it for commentary. I actually give it a three because despite them not really hyping it up, I think. Cole and Josh did a good job of uh, kind of getting you updated for the elimination, but I don't think they did that well of a job, but maybe it wasn't their fault with uh, announcing like this big move <laughs> that they're, they're no longer going to be on TV. And, you know, it probably wasn't something that they wanted to announce. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Outside of you just saying it right now, I did catch that it was saying like, what was the tagline of the show that they moved to? Oh, the most interactive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I caught that and was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then like just went on to the next thing. So. Yeah. So yeah, that will uh, that will show in my scoring for production. But what did you have for commentary here? Three and a half. Oh, nice. Because I don't know how, but they were on top of they were on top. Yeah. Of what they were on top of. Yeah. yeah. He, I think I was just going to go three, but he threw me over the edge when he said that she was voluptuous. Yeah. <laughs> and Anna Nicole's like, so I was like, you know, I can't give you a four for that, but that's just so good. Yeah. yeah Three yeah. and a half, baby. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. They were, they were really entertaining in this episode. I don't know how, but you know, you nailed that one. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, this is my first time but i think it's gonna happen eventually where in matches i gave it a zero because there were no matches <laughs> same i did the exact same man like you going at the very least you're gonna get your score with however many matches you had in the show but yeah. since you didn't have nothing i can't I yeah can't do it yeah so this will automatically i'm pretty sure be the lowest episode that we've ranked so far but we were eventually going to get to it because I know there's going to be future recap episodes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting on how those score out. Uh, so afterwards for production, I actually gave it a 2.5 because hear, hear me out. So kind of the same thing I had mentioned where I think they did a really good job of hyping up the first elimination for next week, but kind of how I just said they didn't really do a good job mm -hmm. of telling you about the move. So, if you really didn't catch that 
five seconds of them announcing it, you would have tuned in next week into sci-fi and found yourself watching Caprica. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. You know what? I would have. Because I, just even me watching it right then and there, I didn't catch none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. So, so yeah, you really would have tuned in next week and be like, wait, where's the... And you know what? <laughs> I think I did back in the day. <laughs> now that I think about it, I remember seeing this episode. Yeah. And I remember... <laughs> like, now I'm just like, I remember this episode for sure, but like, I'm, I didn't see none of the other one because I didn't know that they moved. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I liked what they did here. But when it comes to actually promoting the show and the production wise, I had to bump it down a little bit because, yeah, they I think they did a poor job of uh, moving your mm. I, I guess for, for you and I coming from the tech space of moving their user base to a new space. And I think they didn't do a good job with that. Nope, they didn't understand none of that. Yeah. yeah. None of those concepts. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what did you have for production? Four. Four? Oh, yeah, oh. I went weird. You know why? Because they touched me with the heartstrings uh, okay. with the video packages. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Even a video package. It was slight editing mm-hmm. and replaying the Kane segment. But it was really <laughs> good. And then uh, the Randy Orton, Chris Jericho one was really good. Only because they threw me in a rabbit hole of figuring out what promo that was. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like. And then, uh, like, the first recap of, like, the last week's episode I thought was pretty good when they were throwing a little stuff in there to make it, like, more interactive. Yeah. They had to do a lot to mask the fact that it wasn't no matches. And mm-hmm. I gave them a four. Yeah. Cool. I probably should have switched these two now that I think about it because I gave the entertainment a two. Oh, okay. But in reality, it should have been, like, the other way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I definitely gave the same score of a two point uh two point five because of the same reasoning where... You know, a lot of it is the combination of matches, commentary and production. But when you see the heart of wrestling, it's definitely the uh, the commentary and matches. So if you have if you don't have one or the other, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to have to split it down the middle at that point. And <laughs> <laughs> so I I think the the other part is, yeah, since they if. I guess the way that you and I watched it differently also kind of speaks to the to the entertainment where you watched the whole episode. But since I was mostly focused on just the NXT content alone, when you watch it that way, there was literally only like 20 minutes of stuff to watch. Oh, and yeah, it, I yeah. slapped the face, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I get an episode two because it's like, look, man. <laughs> like he said, at the very base level, when you're watching wrestling. You should be watching wrestling. Yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> nobody says, yeah, man, I'm watching sports entertainment. Because yeah, if yeah. that was the case, five. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what we were watching, bro. We're watching wrestling. I'm, imagine imagine if you tuned in for Monday Night Football, like when it's scheduled to be football, <laughs> and you watched it for three hours, and there was And no all fun. they did was just give you, like, showing them doing practice stuff, like, not even against, like, each other. They was just pushing, like, the uh, the... The guard thing, <laughs> lifting weights, and then talking about like what they did the week before, yeah. and then showing you these dudes like <laughs> showing you these dudes like you know personal photos and the stuff like that about like how they got drafted. Yeah, yeah. But you were supposed to watch, yeah, a football game. Yeah, it was yeah. like what, what? And then after that, you know what? They took it off live TV and told you to go to NFL.com. <laughs> Just put that in perspective. <laughs> put it in perspective. And that's how unentertaining this episode was. <laughs> Two, baby. All right. And with that, I'm, pretty, I'm not going to be shocked with the score, but let's just see how it rolls. That four might have saved me. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So I I mean yeah, even with the four, it still kind of dropped it down. So it it is a two point two. So yeah, of course I had a suspicion that this was now going to be our lowest ranked episode. We are breaking records, baby. <laughs> So yeah, this uh, episode 32 is definitely going to go down as a historic episode in many ways. But yeah, we shall see. Hold up. So for the next episode, we will have... This one is actually also very historic because, yes, it will be the first Mm. webcast episode (laughs) of (laughs) NXT. And yeah, we will also have our first elimination and the main event will also be Caitlyn versus Vicky Guerrero. And there it, is a main event. Yes. <laughs> there's a match. <laughs> mm. uh, so this will also be seasons, season three's first rookie versus pro match as well. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I guess since we um, we have a bit of extra time since we uh, know that this wasn't the most jam packed episode, we uh, decided to kind of do a little bit of our ranking we kind of did it for season one and season two and i figured that uh since we have the first elimination coming up next week we'll kind of go over our own personal rankings with the six divas Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be too bad since there's only six of them so i think we can kind of uh just improv this uh this rank system we might as well do it just like how they would do it. So like we should agree upon oh, yeah, yeah. like who's going to get eliminated. Instead of like you having your top six and me having my top six, let's just have the half K top six. Exactly. So so I think based on the concepts of show, it seems like AJ is safe for now since she has the most victory uh, competition victories. So I believe she has immunity at this point. Nice. So, okay. So, so AJ has immunity. Uh-huh. So then we're left with Oksana. Caitlin, Jamie, Naomi, and Maxine. Or actually, do you want to do the other way? Where who we think is safe and then who's close to elimination? Oh yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. Uh, one and two to me are Naomi and Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point we're factoring AJ out. So mm-hmm. number one and two, I, I believe, yeah. Kate- I think are Caitlin and Naomi. What order those are one and two? I <sighs> I guess you want to say technically it should be like Naomi Mm because she's like the the most she's more polished in the ring than Caitlyn is. She's more athletic than Caitlyn is. Yeah. But I don't think she's I can't 100 percent say that she's better on the microphone than Caitlyn is. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we're looking for like on a wrestler standpoint, Naomi's the better wrestler by leaps and bounds. It's like not it's not a little bit, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a lot. So that's why you have to have Naomi in that number one spot. But if you make it realistic, like and then it goes to the time of day it was if this was like the eighties or whatever, Caitlin would be the WWE champ. Naomi would be the Intercontinental champ. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's how you could kind of put them at one and two. Yeah. I guess. I'm looking at the uh, Ninja Turtles arcade behind us, and I kind of want to put Naomi as Leonardo being the overall person because in, in Ninja Turtles, <laughs> the way the mechanics work is that Leonardo is the overall character. Donatello is the strongest. Michelangelo has the most reach. And Raphael is the quickest. 
So I think that's how they did that. That's how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to kind of give Naomi the credit of being the overall one that has the best of all of them. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I think I agree, and I'll put wow. I'll put uh, Naomi as uh, first place here. As oh, well. okay. So hey, F it. Yep, we got Naomi number one. Now Caitlyn at number two. Who would be giving her a run for her money at that at point? Number two. Yeah, probably. Maxine yeah I was probably gonna say Maxine, Maxine. as well yeah because I think in that sense where Kate half K wise she hasn't won a challenge yet but she's probably the most dumb she won the crowd she won the crowd yeah, yeah exactly she won the crowd she's of those three left she's the most physically imposing yeah or she's the most physically imposing she won the crowd Um, she's the top heel for sure yeah she's the I don't understand how. Yeah. But like she is a heel, but she's so quirky about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really don't think or notice that she's a heel. Yeah. But Maxine is for sure a heel. Yeah. But she just wants the top spot. Yeah. Like that's all we know about her. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of interesting because yeah, when you see the six girls, AJ, Caitlin, and Naomi are top baby faces, like they're actual full on baby faces. Mm-hmm. Maxine is the top heel. Oksana's secondary heel, but not yes. but not really. She's like an unintentional heel. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Jamie's kind of just in the middle. She's where she, there. Yeah, she's not it's really like a, Curtis Axel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not I think, even Michael McGillicuddy. She's yeah. Curtis Axel. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'll go with you there. Now I'll put Caitlyn at three and Maxine at three for now. All right. So we're what's where we we got Naomi one. Caitlyn. Two. Maxine. Three. Unless you think someone can overtake Maxine. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Okay. And then so if we're on the same wavelength, yeah, yeah. we're probably going Jamie next. So so it would be between Jamie and Oksana. It's pretty much between them. Yeah, yeah. So who would you put at the bottom then between those two? Jamie and Oksana. Honestly. All of the signs point that Oksana should be last. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> she has the biggest upside being with Goldust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, therefore, I would honestly put, like, if I if I think about it outside of half K. Yeah, yeah. And I think about it just what I am as a wrestling yeah. analyst and specialist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> then Oksana... Should be above Jamie. She should, yes. But if I'm bringing it right back in to what I was just given in the last, what, four episodes? Yes. Three and a half, technically? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is definitely a half episode. <laughs> this is a half episode, a half K. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm reeling it in, yeah. Jamie should be above Oksana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And for that, I think we agree so let's just roll with it like that. Okay. And take hindsight out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie is over Oksana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we were running this the way we're running it, Oksana's leaving. Yeah. Period. Yeah. But knowing what we know, we ain't gonna say that. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, see how this plays out next week where we'll have the first elimination. But mm-hmm. as of uh, half K ranking wise, we have number one, we have Naomi. Naomi. Number two, we have Caitlyn. Number three, we have Maxine. Mm-hmm. Number four, 
we have Jamie. Mm -hmm. And number five, who would be getting eliminated, we have Oksana. Yes. With AJ being safe due to immunity. Yes. So, yeah, that's how we are putting them. And we shall see how it goes next week. I'm with that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening into this very special episode i would say very half k half episode it's like a unintentionally truncated episode yes. let's just say that it's probably going to be up there as one of the wild card episodes based on the content of the show the the moment the show is transitioning over and then yeah just uh it'll be like a fun fact episode in the future for sure uh cool so that will do it for us. I believe my only plug this week is still plugging our upcoming art expo. So if you are in the Bay Area, come down and visit us in Hayward, California for the Art of the Bay Art Expo. So it is a family-friendly event. And yeah, I would uh, highly recommend you to check it out. <laughs> it is the Art of the Bay in the heart of the bay yes come hang out with us and be a part of the bay yes we will of course be there representing half k and uh yeah if you love this podcast and if you're listening we will definitely chop it up with you about all things wrestling (laughs) yes sir awesome so we will see you next week and we are out of here